Hello, I am Pia, a married mom of two, want to be Martha Stewart, would rather spend her time planning elaborate dinner parties, when in reality, I'm procrastinating about making my family matching t-shirts with my Cricut maker. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brianne, and I'm an HGTV and Hallmark Channel junkie. I currently live in Houston, Texas with my husband and three young kids. What about being from the Bronx? Oh, you made fun of me last time I said it, so it's nice to be out. Well, now they know. Brianne's from the Bronx. The boogie down. Uh-huh. Okay, so we are back with part two. We've never done a two-part over two-day series, two separate days, so I'm excited about this. When we left, we were talking to Ebony, who had contacted her father, with uh, whom she was a child who was conceived outside of marriage. The father was now on the second marriage, correct? Correct. The family had never met you before. They knew about you, but they didn't really know you. Correct. Okay. And Ebony has told her father that she had interest in moving to Houston from Nashville, where she had moved after leaving Monroe, Louisiana. So, Ebony, take up with where we left off with your thoughts of moving to Houston and the feelings surrounding it. Well, okay, so, let me, it wasn't that smooth of transition. Yeah, tell us the good part. <laughs> did your dad send you a bus ticket or a plane ticket? How did you end up at his doorstep? Well, uh, so we were conversing, my dad and I, about um, me moving, and he was very hesitant. He was like, well, you know you have a son, and he was very excited about my son, but he was just like, uh, you know, how is that going to work? He's, uh, mind you, he's never been a father. Okay. So he's, uh, he's, it's only been surface level. It's never been uh, But does he know the relationship? Does he know about the abuse? Does your dad? I, I, I kind of told him, but not really. I just told him it was a bad situation. Okay. And he's like, uh, it, so I, I didn't tell him until. Uh, we were talking about it, and we were kind of slow moving it when I was going to make a transition. And then my son's dad almost killed me one night. Oh, no. Yes. He almost, he almost choked me to death. Literally almost choked me to death. Um, choked me to the point where I blacked out. And um, so at the time, I had to abandon... Huh? I'm sorry, no. I thought you were no. oh, At the time, I had to abandon the plan because the plan was to, you know, slowly move to, to Houston, you know. Uh, but I had to abandon... I had to leave right then because I'm, I'm almost dead on my, on my floor and my son is crying. And so uh, it was in the middle of the night, and I remember calling my neighbor. And, oh, I called my mother, and I said, uh, I have to come home. Now, my mom lives in Louisiana, so it kind of, it was a diversion. And, uh, and because I couldn't call my dad. I, did, I was too scared to tell him, this is why I'm leaving. You know, I kind of told him it was a bad situation, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to come there in that condition, you know. And okay. so I called my mom and I asked her, I, I told her I want to come home. And she said, if you could make it to the bus t uh, station, I'll buy your bus ticket. She, and so um, she said, so she said, don't take your car. Cause he had bought me the car, my uh, fiance. He said, don't, she said, don't take anything, just leave. 
And so I called my neighbor who was a good friend of mine. His name is Charles. And he and I told him, I told him I was leaving. I had two good friends. Well, I had several, but I called Charles. And uh, I don't want to say I didn't have other friends, but um, I called him to let him know that I was leaving. And it was like three in the morning. He's like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going home to, he said, to where? And I said, Louisiana, because he, he knew he knew of both. Tennessee and I mean Louisiana and Texas. So I said Louisiana, and he said to your mom's house. And he said he said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Well," and he said, "Well, how are you getting home?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna take the Greyhound." And he said, "Uh, just put your clothes on, and I'll be there." So he drove me to from Nashville to Monroe in the middle of the night. So that's how that's how I left uh, Tennessee. And so I was at my mom's house. And back in Louisiana, a place I never wanted to be. <laughs> um, I don't like to visit. Huh? I don't even like to visit. So I don't I even like know. to visit. I don't. I don't. I don't even go. And so, um, and uh, so, I was sitting there like, "What just happened?" You know, um, right. what day? just happened you know so i and, and and then i was like i was supposed to be in moving to houston i was supposed to be doing i did not expect to be choked to be unconscious you know so <sighs> settled there for like like a couple of months to just to gather myself and um just figure out one what what i'm going to do two uh, what I'm going to do for my son about my you know, this whole situation concerning my son and uh, at the same time I was still talking to my dad the whole time he didn't really know that the full details of what happened that night he was like how'd you get to Louis what why'd you go to Louisiana <laughs> you know what he was like what <laughs> you know and so um uh, my mom told him that I was in an abusive uh, relationship and so that kind of sped up the process he's like okay so now he has to tell because he was trying to slow walk it to his new wife that i'm gonna be uh bringing my daughter here with her son <laughs> with her son you know <laughs> so, that you haven't met either of them he, he, she hadn't met my son but she's met we've met before okay. and that's another story for another day that part <laughs> <laughs> three <laughs> that's a whole new beast she's a whole new beast but anyway she 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 was she was not very uh supportive of him having a relationship with me mm -hmm. and uh but because of this my mom told him i was in an abusive relationship he felt obligated i guess um and so i just told him i just said that you know i told him what the woman told me and at the shop and he's like that's not true you don't have i mean like you have you have a dad you don't you're not like you have a dad and i said i said yeah but there there is problems and then um so so he just said come on so he sent his wife uh to come she's from monroe as well so she went home one weekend and uh she uh, he she picked me up on the way home on the way back and so i moved i'm, I'm in houston texas now um and um, so I say to him, I say to my dad, now this is a whole new space because my father, I, I went from 
working class. My mom actually raised me in the projects, so not even working class in that situation, to working class myself as, as a young adult, uh, to a very comfortable lifestyle here in, 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 in Houston. So that itself was transition to my father had a, a different lifestyle than I was used to. My dad was a businessman. He knew all the who's who of Houston and all the, the relationships to know and to have. He had those things. I didn't know anything really about my dad and his life. I just, I knew he was my dad, but I didn't know anything about his life. And so uh, coming here, I learned, quickly learned that I was indeed a secret because no one knew that he had children. I didn't, he never said that to me. He never said he, I never told anybody. He just, uh, when I was here, when I came here and I started to work, I worked for my father uh, in his printing uh, shop, his print company. And I, I would meet all these people and they, he, they, he'd be like, oh, this is my daughter, Ebony. <laughs> and they'd be like, what? You know, you know like, okay. what? Because I'm a grown person. They've never, they, they've known him this whole time. And they're like, right, right. where'd you come from? Who is this person, you know? And been <laughs> doing business with you for 20 years. And you know, right, right, right. <laughs> right, what do you mean? Because they knew his wife and his other daughter. So they would sometimes call me Shay. And Shay was a very fair-skinned girl. Uh, and they were like, Shay's got a tan. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, is this Shay? Like, they were so confused. It was so funny, people's reaction to when he would introduce me as his daughter. And they'd be like, and they'd ask me stuff, because my stepsister, she went to Syracuse. And Shay was like, how was New York? And you know, I'd be like, I never went to New York. I've never been to New York. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so it was just funny. It was the, just the introduction was funny. It just happened, uh, and so and at home, um, it was it was a storm because one, my stepmother was not supportive of that of, of me living uh, with them, especially with my son. Uh, she was not supportive of him developing that relationship with with, uh, with me. Uh, she was not supportive of, of his relationship with my mom because they've always been friends. They've always been cool, and so um, to uh, to to have the 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 young lady that she has not had a very fun. Uh, uh, image of fun image of uh, in her home with her father uh, with with her husband and it being forced on her not not asked it was forced uh right. she didn't have a great reaction to it and so um it was and, and her herself <clears throat> she was a lady she was a very fair-skinned lady from louisiana so she did not have a very good uh uh, appreciation of a brown person, a brown person, a browner person. May I, I ask, ask a question? Is your father still married to the second wife? My father's deceased. No, he wasn't. He, oh, he, okay. uh, he they had divorced before he before he passed away. Okay. Um, but uh, no, he, he they divorced. But she, so 
it was so it was so odd because I look she she did not like me, but she was married to my father. Who was also she, dark. Didn't, she, she didn't think that I was a a, a pretty person or or but I looked just like my father. So I was like, how how? You're married to my dad. I look just like him. How don't I couldn't make the why why the vitriol towards me? Because it probably and, had nothing to do with your complexion or anything. No, 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 no. It was actually stated. Yeah. Several times. Several oh my times. God. But it's okay to be a dark skinned man. It's it's more of a problem to be a dark skinned well, man. But you know, I, I learned that. I learned that and that was very interesting. interesting. Uh, that is absolutely true. And dark skinned men are really more fetishized, mm -hmm. but dark skinned women are not. Not in the black community. Uh-huh. Not in the black community, especially. No, they're not. They're not. So so no, it was it was, okay, well, let's it was not generalized. Not some black communities. Huh? Not, I said let's not generalize. Not I mean, some. no, in the American if you look at traditionally in the American black community, black women are not held it's, in high regard. I mean that's just it's just a fact. That's it's not a scary darker, fact. The darker skinned ones or you mean like colorism or just they just don't colorism. Like colorism is a major problem in the black community. Right. And so it, you were it's not even just American black, it's just black community, period, at large, the diaspora. Colorism is a problem. I mean, right. colorism is a problem. Like if you look in Asian countries where there are no black people, being a darker skinned Asian person is looking it's colorism. And India they as well. India as well. I mean, colorism yeah. is a is a universal issue. Right. <laughs> so so but back to back to our own little microcosm of colorism. <laughs> Uh, what I learned, my 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 stepmother would make comments about me being a dark skinned person, and um, so you think if you were light skinned, she would be a lot more accepting of you, even the fact that you were a love child, and she's obviously jealous of the relationship with your mother. And do you think if you were light skinned, that would have fixed the problem? No, I don't think it would have fixed the problem. I don't think she wanted to be, uh, I don't think she wanted to be bothered, period. But, right. uh, especially with this little dark-skinned nappy-head girl. <laughs> you would have been easier to present had you been her preferred. Yes, I would have fit better in her world. I would have fit better in her world. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, yeah, that, that would have been true. Uh, but, um, but she just didn't like, I remember I remember uh, she had her family was one that had a bunch of issues. I I remember her one of her nieces, her sister's daughter, getting married, and they were having all these family meetings at home because the guy was a dark skinned guy, and they were trying to figure out should she marry. I mean, it was like that bad. Oh my god, goodness. It, yeah, yeah, and so, uh, so and my what I learned very quickly is that my father himself because i would try to talk to him and like what is going on with your wife you know whatever whatever like she'd made this comment she said this she said that and what i quickly learned about him <laughs> is that he was a colorist himself and i was it was like the twilight zone at this time because i'm like what how could you like you are a dark-skinned man you are what <laughs> Like, like, how could you, how could you think this way, you know? And I, I never, never, never 
even I came, I was born in Louisiana and I know Louisiana has a lot of issues surrounding colorism. I never had that issue. That's never been, I've never been, I've never had a problem about my skin tone or me feeling like I was pretty. Remember, I was a supermodel. So, I survived because of my beauty. Yeah, because of my beauty. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right, right. It was so weird to me. And so to see, to hear my father make comments and, and, and basically agree, because I, I remember very clearly I was saying to him about how my stepmom had said um, that dark, uh, she had made a comment about dark skinned women and uh, they need longer hair, they, they, they need longer hair to be pretty. Like the only way they could be pretty is to have longer hair. And when I talked to my, my father, they have to have long pretty hair. That's what she said. And when I told, I told my father that she had made that comment, and he basically agreed. <laughs> now I didn't have I didn't have short hair. I just had like you know regular bob, uh, but I didn't have I didn't have long hair. I was like, what? I, I was, uh, and um, let, let 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 me say this: when I when I when I was modeling um, in Tennessee. When I met my agent, <clears throat> I had extensions in my hair. And when she brought me on to the agency, I needed to take some headshots. And so um, I took the headshots, but when I took the headshots, I did not have the extensions in. And so she said uh, to me, when she got the headshots back, she was like, you know, they're pretty, they're cute, but where's that like, glam factor you had where up you is missing something and then she was like you know I, can you can you put the extensions back in you know and maybe take them that way and that way you know i think it'll be better so i did i, I did that and i took the, i put the extension back in and i took the headshots and when um I gave, I gave them back to her. She was like, oh my God, those, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's the look I'm looking for. So she liked it. So I sent my headshot to my dad. And my dad, and this is when I was living in Tennessee, when I, when I, when I told him, I sent him the headshot, and he was like, oh, you look so pretty, you know, did I? He's like, I put your head, your headshot above my desk. Now, now he's never explained who this person was above his desk. <laughs> so I don't know why he did that. But, but, but uh, he's like, I put your headshot up. Everybody says how pretty it is. Da, 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 da. So fast forward to, to now, he was saying, to, he to, I told him the, the comment that my stepmom had made. And he had agreed. He was like, yeah. He's like, just like, like your headshot, like that picture. You, you need to wear your hair like that. Because that you look better. That's how you look better that way. And I was like, <laughs> floored. I was like, oh, oh okay. And so right. <laughs> I went to get some more extensions because I didn't have the extensions. To me, they were just an accessory. It wasn't a, a, a need. Uh, and so I, I, at this point, I felt like I needed them. So I put right. them back in. <laughs> And then, and so if your father is telling you the only way you look pretty is to have these long extensions and your hair is not uh, pretty itself, that creates complex. 
I agree. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Somebody had called me. Okay. Um, so um, it creates a complex. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I felt this whole th this whole time I had it wrong. I must I must be some long hair. I must, right. And so it create you know, what happened was that created that conversation created a different person inside of me. I started to the the uh lifestyle that my, my that my father wanted to present I started to assume and so I started wearing my hair a certain way dressing a certain way acting a certain way because in my head this is what my father wanted to present and so uh, to the world as his family and that meant a certain thing so I had to create a a persona that was okay for my father right and so uh, I, I did. And I was well, surviving too, because you had come from this abusive relationship and now you're in this safe place, but to climb in this safe place, climb the social ladder that you're now presented, um, this is the look that you've been told that you need to adopt. Right, correct, correct. And so, uh, and, uh, so I, I, I did, I, I, I tried it, um, and I was good at it. <laughs> so, so, so I created this girl, this, this whole persona of a girl that was completely not me, but, uh, that's what I thought was required for the situation. And so I, I started moving in the world as that person. And that person I created had, was very, um, she had my personality, of course, but, but uh, she, was a, uh, she was a shell of self. She was not me. Uh, right. Uh, and so um, in trying to, uh, trying to gain the love of my father, uh, I, I created something that was not authentic. But and you did but you did start an authentic relationship with him because you were there with him to the end. I was, yeah. Uh, well, so so in therapy, dear, <laughs> in therapy, <laughs> because I started at, at, when I was um, in when I moved here, I started therapy in in, te in Texas, and so in therapy, I was I learned how I was creating something and how that was unhealthy, and how you I need to create a healthy whole relationship with my, with my father don't create something just to appease him i need to be in the, the relationship needs to be very healthy and it wasn't at the time uh because it was only on his terms right and so we would break up not break up but, but i guess break I, I use that very loosely we would have arguments and fights and this and that because at the time i was growing and becoming healthy and through um just learning to have a relationship with my father and because i'm in therapy i'm learning to have a healthy relationships and that wasn't always gelling when i'm dealing with my father and so because he was not a healthy person you, you healthy and unhealthy doesn't really gel a lot of times but, and but so i want to um, wait but i mean i don't i don't want to um i'm going to stop you for a second because i know that we have time um time will run out on us and um i don't want to 
you're learning about healthy relationships. And so you've gone from this abusive relationship. Now you're with, and then now you're building a relationship with your father. It's not perfect yet, but you're learning about being healthy. And in that you found love, right? I did. Well, yes, I did. I did. Very healthy. Beautiful. Okay. So ladies, <laughs> love is going to have to be part three. We are just going on. Oh so, let's stop right now. And this is definitely going to be a part three. And, and every, I don't, I'm just like, is this going to go on to part 10? Because in my mind, I also have, like, I want to, we need to have a, a discussion on colorism and a whole new, a whole new episode. So let's stop right here. And let's do it look i have time today (laughs) (laughs) the podcast is over but that does not mean that the conversation has to end connect with brianne and i on instagram at mommy where is my shoe or you may email us at podcast at mommy where is my shoe.com we also have a website so check it out www.mommy where is my shoe.com before you go Do us a favor. If you like Mommy Wears My Shoe, the podcast, please rate us in your app. And if you don't like it, email us at podcast at mommywhereismyshoe.com and tell us why. Either way, thank you for the feedback. Goodbye.